Chapter 14, Paul's Conclusions. About a year ago, I began a new process on my Japan study missions. On the last slide of my keynote, I give my conclusions as a wrap-up to the event. I found this process to be not only beneficial to the team, but highly beneficial to me because it forced me to summarize precisely the essence of our week together. So here we go. These are the absolute non-negotiables and the most important concepts wrapped into six pithy bullet points with an explanation of each one of them afterwards. Number one, life is short. Number two, Your life should be amazing. Number three, start using your brain. Number four, brutal truth equals courage. Number five, high quality people. Number six, fall in love with lean. Number one, life is short. The meaning of this book will elude anyone who does not approach it from this critical vantage point. Life is not a rehearsal. It is for living right now. It's this very moment. Life is a gift that has been given to each one of us. Life must be cherished and lived in a very deliberate and thoughtful manner. A casual, laissez-faire attitude is completely inappropriate for a gift of this magnitude. Start learning to say yes to all the amazing opportunities that are presented to most people and they shoot them down because they have 10 reasons why the timing is not right or some other crazy excuse. Oftentimes, these opportunities will not look sexy, exciting, or colorful. Let me give you an example. I was almost done with this book and there was one thing that needed to be done. I had to find someone who understood where I was coming from to proofread the text. I wanted to be certain my points were clear and the example supported my ideas. My good friend Philippe from Portugal and fellow lean maniac volunteered for this labor-intensive assignment. I will let him tell the story. So there I was watching my kids in their volleyball practice when I got an audio message from Paul. Philippe! Could you listen to my current draft of Lean Life and provide some feedback? To be honest, my first thought was, I have a million things going on and that seems like a lot of work. Nonetheless, I felt this intense desire to help Paul and make my contribution. Then, all of a sudden, I didn't see it as work anymore, but as an opportunity to improve people's lives. The next thing you know, I'm burning the midnight oil. Hundreds of revisions, days turned into weeks as I work with Paul to continuously make big and small improvements to lean life. Not only did we improve the book, but we also improved the way we communicated and the entire editing process. Then the most amazing thing happened. I realized that I was actually helping myself and helping myself a lot. As I reviewed the book Over and over again, I started to really understand the concepts at a deeper level. At age 38 years old, with an amazing wife and two beautiful sons, we have all of our lives ahead of us. What could be more timely than applying lean life to bring more meaning to our lives? Every chapter is a playbook that will improve the life of my young family.
Instead of looking at this as work and asking what's in it for me, I viewed this as an opportunity to help others, and in turn, it did help me. Like Paul says, every 30 days, a significant opportunity passes in front of every human being. The question is, are you awake? Look for ways to serve others, and you will see those opportunities everywhere. Philippe. I can't imagine what this book would have looked like if Philippe would not have dedicated so much time and energy to help me improve the manuscript. Life has grand things in store for you. Are you awake? Stop wasting a single second. In those seconds are hidden opportunities that can transform you. Care about the seconds, and I guarantee that the aggregation of these tiny moments will build a chain reaction of joy that will transform your life. Number two, life should be remarkable, exciting, and forever improving in three critical areas, your life's work, your health, and your relationships. The notion of a naturally declining life is a fallacious notion that far too many people believe. Even worse, I see people organize the things they do around this defeatist attitude. Recently, when I was in Bhutan, I was hiking down from a Buddhist monastery with my guide, Sangay. I asked Sangay, what are the most important things in life? His reply was fantastic. Number one, you must have passion. The Bhutanese people are passionate about their architecture, their natural environment, and the flowing rice terraces define the landscape of this beautiful country. Every home is beautifully embellished. Rich or poor, the architectural design of their monasteries is absolutely stunning. I jokingly quipped to Sange, if you want to have the best lifestyle, you need to be a monk. They live in some of the most beautiful settings in the world. Passion, passion, passion. You can see passion running throughout the society. Environmentally, 60 to 64% of their forests are natural old growth and untouched, and they get the vast majority of their power from clean hydro. They refer to their water resources as white gold. All the animals run free, the cows, the dogs, the cats, the horses. It is one big open range. As you're driving down the road in a city or village, right in the middle of the road, there will be cows wandering with no one supervising them. Meanwhile, a pack of dogs are following and crisscrossing the maze of cars and animals. There seems to be a true harmony to this approach. It exudes patience and calmness. While it is not normal for us Westerners, there is a beautiful element to so much harmony because of their passion for nature. Then Sange continued. Number two, you must have patience. Think about things a thousand times. Great things happen as you accumulate wisdom patiently along life's journey. The patience in which they have constructed the monasteries over hundreds of years and the way they go about their daily lives is remarkable. No one is in a hurry. They have a sign along the road you see everywhere that reads, No hurry, no worry. There is a clear rhythm of patience running through Sangay's people. Lastly, Sangay said health. If you don't have health, you undermine everything. It's like being in a perpetual hell. 
One of my senseis in Japan, Mr. Takagi, who is 86 and his mother is 110, said to me, the most important thing in life, Paul-san, is health. From a beautiful body comes a beautiful spirit. Mr. Takagi recently earned his PhD and learned fluently to speak English in his 80s. Remember, every element of life should be remarkable. Settle for nothing but excellence and build a remarkable life. Number three, start using your brain. Every life experience gives you the opportunity to gain wisdom. Wisdom is essentially a crystal ball that gives you the ability to look into the future and be a better predictor of the outcomes. If nothing is changing and getting better, it's because you're not gaining wisdom from your experiences. The reason you're not gaining wisdom is one of two reasons. You're either lazy or you've chosen not to use your most valuable asset, your brain. When the wisdom warehouse is empty, it will manifest itself at work, in your health, and in your relationships in the following ways. At work, this looks like I'm too old. The young people are too fast. They know technology too well. I can't keep up with it all. Even worse, the workforce is stacked against older people. What a bunch of crap and total nonsense. The power of applying wisdom and experience is ten times more potent than youth and all its vigor. And anybody with half a brain understands this. But remember that you don't get credit for just showing up. You've got to add value to the organization, whether you're young or old. If your efforts are not remarkable, interesting, and innovative, don't expect to be recognized, let alone elevated. Regarding health, the most common excuse people are telling themselves is my metabolism has slowed down. There's no way I could have a trim fit body followed by, it's too hard when you go out with other people, or I travel all the time, and all the excuses are total nonsense. Lastly, regarding relationships, we just grew apart. You never took time to know yourself and know your partner. Your processes by which you engage and understand people and your loved ones are the culprits. The best book to fully understand what I'm talking about here is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Dale spells out in black and white, it is people and their ability to relate to other people that make you happy. And if you ignore this, it will be to your own peril. Effectively relating to people is the most critical aspect of how you negotiate this life. You can do it with grace and thoughtfulness, or you can do it on your own terms, which will more than likely reap a marginal result. Why not learn from people who have made the mistakes so you can learn and follow their incredible wisdom? Dale Carnegie has given us the answers, and his prescriptions have transformed my life and made it infinitely richer. My life would never be the same without the wisdom Dale gained through his life experiences and recorded in his book, so both you and I could dramatically improve our journey through this life. Number four, brutal truth equals courage. Remember, everything of significance starts with a single action, courage. 
Bob Taylor, my mentor since I was 17 years old, demonstrated this powerful principle when as a young man and just a mere teenager started Taylor Guitars. Bob says, It is at the moment that you step out and risk your reputation, your livelihood, and your pride that you will find the seeds of courage. You risk everything to try something that is crazy challenging. Most people will not muster the courage to step definitively outside their comfort zone. As Bob says, every great accomplishment can be traced back to the seeds of courage. Do you have the courage to change your life? I can guarantee you, this is where the magic happens. You will never fill a void in your life unless you have the courage to first admit there's a problem and then take thoughtful and deliberate action and put the low-speed wobbles behind you. Number five, high-quality people. I see it over and over again. People do not have the courage to sort the bad people out of their lives. These people can usually be described as always propagating a storm and sucking the energy right out of you. They are negative and blame everything and everyone for their problems. They see the world through the filter of villains and victims, as opposed to personal responsibility. They are the antithesis of what this book is all about. The usual excuses why people will not sort these people out of their lives are but they're good, but they're really nice people, or they have a lot of good qualities. It's a really old friend. He's my brother. It's my sister. You know, all the typical excuses and cowardice behavior. If you're going to be honest with yourself, you just don't want to inflict any pain on yourself. You're more concerned about yourself than you are about them. Surround yourself with high-quality people who love to improve and take full responsibility for their position in life. Next, get all takers and people who think, what's in it for me, out of your life. Remember, there are two kinds of people in the world, givers and takers. Your goal should be to become a world-class giver. Then surround yourself with other world-class givers and get all takers the hell out of your life as fast and furious as you can. I came to the realization of this theory early on in my life when I realized I never felt good about myself when I was trying to negotiate the advantage or look at every opportunity through the filter of what's in it for me. As I matured as an individual and began to help people without expecting anything in return, but just because it was the right thing to do, I felt entirely different about myself and my efforts. The more I acted with benevolence, the richer my life became in every regard. The next step was I began to attract and be attracted to other people who had a similar philosophy. The next level of maturity was when I realized that if I wanted to have a purpose-driven life, to quote Rick Warren, I had to realize just one thing. It was not about me. Lastly, I observed that the people who believed this philosophy of benevolence and helping their fellow man realized a depth of purpose in life that was not comparable to any other pursuit. There remains just one problem, though. 
For many people of this ilk, they are unwilling to separate the takers out of their life. Those takers are always looking to negotiate the advantage and extract what is best for them, and that undermines the full breadth of their pursuit of helping others. It's without a doubt the most difficult part of this philosophy, but equally as important as becoming a world-class giver. A direct application of this principle that I have developed is this. I am not interested in people liking me. I seek to win no popularity contest or be told by endless people that I'm a really nice guy. There's nothing wrong with being a nice guy, but it's not the objective. What I do hope to achieve is to make a lasting and substantive effect on my fellow man. I don't feel it's necessary to pander to people and make them feel all warm and fuzzy so they like me. What I have learned is that when people respect you, they will love you. And that's a much higher and significant pursuit and infinitely more satisfying. Last of all, number six, fall in love with lean. What I'm saying is fall in love with the idea that eliminating waste will enrich your life. The daily pursuit of new solutions that you discover through the process of trial and error and learning from other people will enrich your life far beyond anything you ever imagined. Banish sloppiness and fall in love with precision. Love the idea of being precise and getting it right and not approaching life with such happenstance. Live your life in a more deliberate fashion so every process serves you. This intense desire to refine all of life's processes will allow them to help you up rather than trip you up and will deliver more joy because you are in the ecosystem of excellence. Above all, do not relegate lean thinking to the way you organize and run your business. It should be about the way you organize your life. This has been my prescription for my life. And I am overjoyed with the fact that I have learned and applied these simple principles of historical greatness to my most precious gift, life. Now go live your life with meaning, passion, and intelligence. And banish all excuses that are keeping you from achieving an extraordinary life. Paul. The one thing. Now is the time. Compose the most important words you will ever write. Answer the question, are you happy? Tell the truth and begin your lean life journey.